0: Perception, perception is reality, reality, perception is reality, reality, some talk shows think all of their opinions are right, this one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbrey is a no-nonsense, or maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen.
1: Is this guy for real?
0: Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This is Perception Is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey.
2: Oh, man. All right, folks. Welcome to Perception Is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. It's good to be with you. Thanks for joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. Welcome to everyone who's here for a first time. And for all the rest of you that have been here since the beginning or somewhere along the line, thank you for coming back. Do me a favor, if you can, everybody, real quickly, and just hit share on the link, whatever you're listening to. Wherever you find us, you know we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. Share how you're listening to us on social media. Do your part. Share the show with everyone you know. Of course, the easiest way to find us is simply by Googling Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash 318. There the conversation always continues along with all of our live video content and much, much more. If you want to contact the show, You can call or text us at 765-546-9796, or you can email us at khbilbrey at gmail.com. All right, folks, we're going to get right into it. This episode, episode 114, we have an amazing interview. It's going to be an interview with the Democrat Party Chairman for Randolph County, Indiana. Now, I know I know what you're thinking. What? He's interviewing the Democrat Party chairman, but he's talked about him for years and years. It's a different guy. So, for those of you that are aware of the podcast, and you've been here for a while, you know I have had issues in the past with the party chairman from Randolph County and with the party chairman from Delaware County and the party chairman from Wayne County and Marion County and and everywhere else. I really generally don't get along with the chairman of both parties, Republicans or Democrats, because I think that they a lot of times get complexes and they feel like they're God. They feel like what they say goes and, and they are the gatekeeper between who can run, and how you can run, and if you can win, and I just don't play that. To me, a good party chairman, on a local level, doesn't worry about national, doesn't worry about the state. They worry about their community. If it's a county-wide party, they worry about every community within that county. That means the county offices, the, the county seat, the city, the main big city office offices, and the small towns, communities, villages, whatever you want to call them. That's their focus. And so as that's their focus... They don't have to get all involved with the right and left aspects of it. It's common sense that they have to worry about. And so often, so many of them, as we see in Delaware County and we've seen in Randolph County in the past and we've seen in so many other places, they don't do that. They try to They try to worry too much about what the national platform is and that just doesn't work on a local level and it turns people off and it's something that I have been way against. So, yes, in the past, I have had issues with various party chairmen. The The one that I've had the most problems with have been Fred Davis. But I'll tell you, Fred Davis is even backing this new party chairman, and so I have to give him the tip of the hat, the respect for that. that, that maybe Fred and I don't see eye to eye, but he understands that there needs to be new blood and a new vision, and so... He has given his blessing to this new gentleman, and he's going to let him take the reins. And so I have to give my respect and my, my tip my hat to Fred for that. And, uh, you know, it's just politics. There's no personal hard feelings here. And so I've talked to this party chairman of Randolph County. His name is Barton Teeters, Bart Teeters. I've talked to him a few times, and I've liked what he's had to say. I like his energy. He's a a younger man, and he's got a lot of energy, and he's got a vision, and he's got a drive. And moreover, he's interested in common sense. He's interested in waking the people up in the county, and he's trying to fill the ballot, and he's trying to get people involved. And of course, you know, that's what we do here better government through citizen involvement. So, uh, the producers, Kate and Niles, they've contacted Bart. Bart and I've contacted each other, and through a different conversation, kinds of uh, interaction. We've decided that we would do an interview. I'm interested to hear what he has to say. I'm interested to hear where the party is going. And moreover, this is important for those of you that are listening from Randolph County. If you live inside Randolph County, this is an important episode for you to listen to. But if you live in Delaware County, if you live in Marion County, If you live in New York, if you live in Florida, if you live in California, this is also an important interview for you to listen to. Because it's not going to focus just so much on specific policies in Randolph County. But if you, living where you live, would focus on your local politics the same way that I'm hearing from Barton Teeters... Local politics would be better if as local citizens we would get involved with our cities, our towns, our counties, the way that he is proposing, using common sense and leaving the national and the state politics to the national and the state politics. Things would be better. So we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back. We will be joined on the phone by Mr. Barton Teeters, the Democrat Party Chairman for Randolph County, Indiana. And he's going to have a lot of great information to say for those in Randolph County, but honestly, for those everywhere. So sit tight. You're listening to the 114th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilberry. We'll be right back.
0: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands.
2: Now we go
0: on the record with a one on one interview designed to engage, entertain, or enrage you. Perception is Reality on the record.
2: All right, welcome back to this 114th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbury, and we are joined right now on the phone with Mr. Barton Teeters. He is currently the Democrat Party chairman for Randolph County, Indiana. He is also a current candidate for Randolph County Commissioner in the Eastern District. Bart, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So, we've connected a time or two and I've heard what you've had to say. You are really excited about the vision of the party and it's it's something that a lot of people in Randolph County are excited about. You've talked with the producers of this show, Kate and Niles, and so we thought it might be a good idea to have you on and hear about where the party is headed in this election and beyond. So, why don't we just start
1: start from the beginning? Absolutely. It's actually a very exciting time to be a Randolph County Democrat.
2: Absolutely. And I'm excited to hear all about that. Before we get too far off into the party, why don't you give us a little bit of background information on who you are and how you come to be
1: here? Sure thing. My name is Bart Teeters. I'm 31 years old. Grew up right here in Randolph County, down by Spartanburg and Greens Fork Township on a very, very small dairy farm uh we focused on show cattle and we've had national champions and state champions and and so uh, as a child i was all over the country going to cattle shows i I was a 10-year member of 4-h uh actually around the same time that uh jd prescott was in 4-h okay um so uh, you know i'm not good friends with him but i uh we've we experienced the same time frame growing up and kind of the same cultural opportunities and and uh randolph county but uh my family uh apart for you know for a few of them are very very uh conservative very republican so i'm kind of like a black sheep <laughs> okay in my, in my family okay. um but you know when i talk about conservatism in that sense i you know i learned a lot about the eisenhower administration and you know uh you know more of uh goldwater sure uh, republican sure um but uh, yeah i went to randolph southern until my junior year i went to uh, union and modoc and graduated uh, high school from union and modoc uh, went to purdue for a year went to iu east for a year uh, joined the air force um, i was a c-130 crew chief got out of the air force lived in tucson arizona um, for a while helped out with politics down there uh, congressman uh, ron barber's campaign um, a, a few other local campaigns there i met my wife there had my daughter there and then uh, we moved back to indiana uh, and i got into the construction industry and that's currently um currently uh what i'm doing for a career
2: sure i did not know that you had been in the military so thank you for your service with that and uh it's i guess it's good to have have you back in indiana and uh back in your home in your home community so that's that's great uh how long have you been uh how long have you been back here in indiana
1: since 2015 okay um and i helped out with some local campaigns in 2015 and we tried to make some change and um the election just didn't turn out the way we wanted to <clears throat> over in union city during those municipal elections in 2015 sure, um, sure. i've always been political i mean i think you could go back and ask my friends when I was just in sixth grade or or fifth grade even, uh, and I was political even back then. You know, I was helping pass out pamphlets for Al Gore in 2000. (laughs) I was probably one of the only politically minded students in the school. Uh, So I always knew what, you know, campaigns were going on, you know, John Kerry in 04. I predicted Obama's win to get the presidential nomination back when he gave a speech in 04. And I thought, well, that's going to be the next Democratic president. When I got out of high school, I, I worked on Obama's campaign, you know, while I was in college in 2008, you know, helped out a little bit on the local level. But I'd never been extremely involved on the local level. In 2016, I got really frustrated with party politics, got really frustrated with some media media propaganda on both sides. It puts an entire group of people in bad light. And so I walked away. I'll I'll be the first one to say I walked away. I got frustrated and I walked away. Uh, And then this year, you know, I had a conversation with my family and, you know, we said, well, we want to make a difference. Let's get back in. So um, when I contacted the chair, about, uh, doing that. Uh, I was informed that, um, the chair resigned and they're going to have elections. And so I asked, well, you know, who's eligible? And it was any Democrat in Randolph County. And, and so, uh, when they were going to have the elections, I wasn't going to be in town. We were going to be on a business trip and actually out of the country. And, and so I wrote a letter to the vice chair for when they, uh, Held elections and they read the letter and I was unanimously elected. Um, I was unopposed. I had a vision for what local politics can look like. I had a vision for separating the national arguments that the you know yes. a right-minded person and a left-minded person um, have on a daily basis because it affects down ballot votes sure. uh, and it has the same effect and for against the Republicans like in a place like Los Angeles. Um, or New York City, or Boston, that, that it does for a Democrat in rural Indiana. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I I have I, been trying the best I can. Um, I've been taking risks, uh, but you know, as as important as this election is, we have to take risks. Um, and and we have to do the things that others are not willing to do. Um, and work harder than others uh, in order. You know, not, and this goes beyond party at this point, but in order to have a better local community for all our citizens, we have to look past the petty bullshit um, and we have to move on from that.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things that I talk about a lot. I mean, I I imagine, uh, and we can save that for another time, but if we were talking about national politics, there's probably a lot that you and I would disagree on uh but as everyone no knows no doubt <laughs> as <laughs> as everyone knows uh you know when you're talking about a city council member or a county commissioner you're not talking about healthcare. You're not talking about immigration. You're not talking about abortion. You're talking about fixing the roads. You're talking right. about trying to balance the budgets for, you know, your, your sheriff's department and, and you're doing the best for your, your community. And, and honestly, I have supported as many Democrats as I have supported Republicans and I have torn apart as many Republicans as I have Democrats in the local and state election uh, because they just lack common sense. And so one of the things specifically that I've noticed in Randolph County is everybody's Republican. The Republicans are Republicans and the Democrats are Republicans and everybody just runs as Republicans and you have like one choice and nobody's ever there. And one of the things that I've griped about forever is working with the parties and working with the the citizens that, that care and trying to get the citizens that are apathetic involved so that we can have one or two or more people running for the Democrat's position in the primary and one or two or more people running for the Republican so that the community... Has a choice so that the Republicans can vote the very best candidate out of a grouping of people and so that the Democrats can vote for the very best grouping of, you know, candidate out of a grouping of people. And nobody's ever been interested in doing that. It just seems like it's been very. One sided and very, you know, same old, same old. That's the way it's always been kind of routine. And that is not good for, for anybody. That's definitely not good for any community. And so that's been a very big focus of mine. And so how long have you been the party chair?
1: Since March.
2: All right. So you, you're, you're really new into this. You've, you've only been the chair since March. And of course, we've been dealing with COVID 19. This is, this is a very strange, election cycle um, let me ask you this: uh, you said that you that you, did, you, you didn 't have an opponent running for chair, but everybody that was there voted for you, so you have the the blessing of of your party of the people who of the Democrats in randolph county and and you know they seem to be uh, behind behind your your platform correct
1: yes and i i am um I can't speak for every Democrat. I sure. can speak. I can speak for the Democrats that I've spoken with. Right. When I took when I took chair, I made a decision that I was going to put my heart and soul into this, mm-hmm. um, and with that comes sacrifice. That, that's for another discussion. But sure. as far as uh, like involvement, uh, when I when I first got, I gave it a couple weeks and I set up some online infrastructure. I got us a domain name. I you know I got a started a, a Facebook page that um, I try to post more bipartisan um on our public facebook page i try to post more bipartisan topics and local topics and just general civics topics um but i I called the pcs i spoke with them um i had to organize uh poll workers fairly quickly and of course with the covid uh 19 Situation that we have going on, um, a lot of our, a lot of our poll workers on both sides were more elderly and were worried about their health, and I'm you know I'm fine with that. So I had to get some engagement with uh, you know younger people just getting on poll workers, and with that I found uh, you know about a dozen new people in the party uh, within our county that want to help and want to get involved. That's great. And then, you know, you start with a couple people and then you move to three. And now I think we have close to almost 10 people, um, you know, throughout the week where we're, you know, we're meeting at different people's houses. We're, we're working in the afternoon. We're working in the evenings. We're trying to, you know, not only focusing on organizing the party and and. You know, organizing campaigns, but also focusing on what are the county citizens concerned about. What are the problems? How can can we fix it? You know, and so we're still deciding what our specific platform is going to be to run for the candidates. But I I feel unity in the party. Right. Um, I feel that we're coming together, and and it's not just based in Winchester, and it's not just based in Union City, and ah. it's not just based in Farmland, and it's not just based in Lynn. Or I'm trying to encompass the whole county. You know, we're going to have the 90. 90- annual Wilson dinner this year uh, in Union City on July 25th. It's the longest running consecutive local party event in the state of Indiana. I'm trying to get some candidates from around the state, some national influence to get people there and see what our local candidates have to say. Because like you said, there usually is no choice. And you may have one candidate from the democratic party, you know, every cycle that mounts a good campaign, but that's just one candidate. Uh, A lot of the candidates run unopposed. Um, and that has nothing to do with fault or blame on anybody. It it has to do with public involvement. It has to, you know, it has to do with actually knowing what government bodies affect you and the local government bodies have a lot more effect in your day-to-day lives than people realize. Well,
2: and, and one of the things that I want to say before, before we get moving on here not to go backwards and definitely not to dig anything up but one of the things that i've heard while while digging around is that you in your effort and endeavor to move forward with the party uh have the support from the former chairman and uh anyone that's listened to This podcast for longer than a couple episodes. The listeners might not know the name right at the top, but when I say Fred Davis, everybody knows that Fred and I have not seen eye to eye pretty much on anything uh, for for years. And I've taken a lot of shots at Fred, but I can tell you I have heard that Fred uh, has given you his support and when I heard that, I, I had to tip my hat to him and give him a little bit of respect for that because I you know I thought, okay, I, I like what you're saying. I, I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. But I like what I hear that you're saying. And I think that where you're trying to take the party is someplace that the listeners that I have that are in Delaware County and in Madison County and, and in Illinois, if every party chairman on both sides of the aisle would address their local county and city races the way that you're trying to address it, I think we would all be much better off because everybody tries so hard to play up instead of playing down. And that's that's uh, th- I think that hurts a lot of things. And if you say, I'm going to do the very... I'm a county party chairman, so I'm going to focus on my county. And I'm going to let the national Democrats and, and the state Democrats deal with the national and the state level. And I'm going to be the support for... The, the county and the city and the town candidates, and I think that's great. And so I, I do want to say publicly that I... I uh, tip my hat to uh, Mr. Davis for giving you his support. I'm assuming, well, I don't know this and we can get right off this topic quick, but I'm assuming you're going to take a little bit of flack for this. But uh, I want to thank you for coming on and talking with me. And I hope that we're able to spread your message to both Republicans and Democrats. And I hope that there's a lot of people who will get a, a bigger message out of this. this. This, To me, this is a bigger thing than just being something for, for Randolph County people people from all over should be able to take from this message and, and hopefully maybe uh, look at, at at reorganizing how they deal with, with their own parties and, and and in their own counties.
1: Sure. You know, and I'm not going to focus too much on the past. I will, I will say that uh, the former chair has been the most invaluable resource that I have had at my disposal. Sure. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, and what what I think is key here, um, like if we end up being successful in turning the tide and and winning some of these elections this fall, which I feel confident in, in several of the we have great candidates and every candidate apart from the, the primary candidates. But even after talking to them, their intentions are true. But every other candidate that we had to fill the ballot vacancies, uh, nobody wanted to run right you know there nobody's doing this to run and to gain political office it's people who have serious concerns about the county who have been approached by county citizens but i'm hoping that that our small little county i mean we're a tiny little sliver of democrats Uh, in the state, which makes us a tiny little sliver of Democrats in the country. But if we can provide a a beacon that that other county parties can see, and if we can provide advice on organizing, or if if we can show other rural communities that, yes, you can turn the tide. Sure. You know, you can give voters choice. We're all going to disagree on national issues. But most of the time, you know I'm not going to move to Kentucky and try to vote Mitch McConnell out. you know what I mean like that's <laughs> right. i'm I'm about fixing my my community sure and i I want to stress to all voters that you should research your candidate you know and if you want to vote straight ticket after you research your candidates, I'm fine with that, but research your candidates before you just pull the lever yeah. um, because you know you may be missing out on some uh, some opportunities to to help some people
2: I agree with that one hundred percent so. Moving on, so you, you came in in March, uh, the the primary ballot had already been filled at that point, and then the election obviously is generally in May, but because of COVID-19, it was in June, and then after the primary, you as a party, as, along with the Republicans in every county in Indiana and, and elsewhere, you're able to fill seats that weren't otherwise signed up for in January and February as it normally goes by, by filing. For years past, for the longest time I can recall, we have had seats open, honestly, on both sides, Democrat and Republican, that, that normally just are filled by either caucus or, or filled kind of like you've done here. And, and so this is the first time that it didn't happen back in the primary, but you guys have a, the Democrats have a full ballot right now, correct?
1: We do, except for Judge um, okay but uh, I think that the Republican candidate for judge will actually make a good judge
2: sure he will be yeah. fantastic
1: as, as finding other candidates when I was first thinking about how to fill the the ballot um, and and to me I didn't want to fill it with just a name and non-winners it, that doesn't do anybody any good at first I thought of looking to already established community leaders and have those already established community leaders run for office most of them I talked there might have been and they come from all over the county, but I probably talked to about five different community leaders, and and nobody thought that it would be a good idea, um, present circumstances, so I decided to take a different approach, and so then I started, okay, well, you know who in the party's active who in the party's working hard and have i heard actually care about the issues and who still aligns at the end of the day you still have to remember that we are the democratic party um so you have to align with our platform or you know what's the point of being a democrat sure um but uh so i started we started talking to active participants uh in the community and concerned citizens it took some call some You know, confidence building. It took some uh, letting people know, like, hey, I got your back. I'll be behind you. You know, I'm not I'm not going to um, abandon you. I'm not going to be somebody who says, here's the paperwork, you know, figure it out. (laughs) Um, I want to try to provide as much financial support, as much emotional support, as much campaign support as the party possibly can to all our candidates. So I, so we started talking to some other people um, and some people say that my excitement is contagious. Yep. And when I talk to people, I have the effect that, you know, an hour later, they're calling me back. Like, you know, what can I do? I'm excited. This is, you know, this is great. Let's, let's do it. Let's get it done. And so that was the approach I took because I want people to realize like, this isn't just a negative thing. We're not running because people are doing a bad job. We're running because I believe we can bring the hope. And the vision that we can turn things around. You know, we can increase people's pay. We can bring industry back to the county. Um, we can we can try to tackle the mental health issue in this county. We can, uh, and the key word is we have to try. You just can't um, you can't ju- you just can't let something continue to happen. Uh, you have to fight back, and you have to you have to fight for your life because that's you know local politics is your life. Sure. And uh, people need to realize that there's more to politics than what you see on Fox News or MSNBC. Um, There's local stuff happening. uh, And I my biggest thing is I just want people to pay attention. But we have a we have great candidates. Uh, We have a lot of firsts and I'm not going to get into, you know, a lot of the firsts um, that we have going on with our candidates this year. That's going to be up to them if they want to present that messaging. Um, But we're breaking a lot of barriers, uh, and um, I I hope that we can transform that into votes in November, and I think a lot of that has to do with public engagement and and letting as many people know that they have a choice this election.
2: Absolutely. What are you guys doing? Along the lines of trying to fundraise and, and getting people who you know might otherwise have been apathetic in years past, what are you trying to do? Or well, you know, and I'm not trying to dig into your playbook to give the Republicans any any heads up, but you know, are you are you guys trying to do anything different? Do you guys, I mean, what are you guys doing as far as that goes?
1: And just like you said about the playbook, so I'll be pretty um, broad sure. here. We are going through every outlet. I am very inclusive yeah. when it comes to full party. We are the Democratic Party. So you have to agree with the majority of our platform. But when it comes to campaigns and when it comes to local engagement, I'm we're not just targeting Democrats. We're targeting independents. We're targeting Republicans because these issues on a local level matter to everybody. And, uh, you know, I went around and knocked on doors uh, this weekend. And, you know... I can't think of an instance, um, and, and it wasn't a, um, an organized type of knocking. Uh, you know, we weren't checking out off names. I, I was just wanting to get out there and take a gauge for the people and, and see, um, you know, how many people knew who I was, you know, et cetera. Get out information about the event we're going to be having in July. And so when you talk to people, I can't think of an instance where a, a national political uh, argument Occurred, you sure. know. You, I've had people that say, you know, well, I'm a Trump voter, and I said, well, you know, I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> let, you know, let me talk to you about this, you know, and uh, and you kind of you shifted it around because I want people to realize that we're all Americans here. We're all Randolph County residents. We're all Hoosiers. Yeah, and we we have to start working together like we did in the past. When you know Kennedy was was president, back you know back in the '60s, uh, and that's the kind of Democratic Party I want to see. Um, I want to see us working together, but still sticking to the ideals that we hold strong and not wavering on those. Sure. Um, Randolph County needs a future. You know, there's some uh, and in commissioners' meetings, minutes you you'll hear about how uh, the county is going to be in in dire financial strain within the next couple of years or something along that lines. I don't want to be misquoted, but, um, a lot of people in the County are struggling, struggling through poverty. A lot of the children in Indiana are struggling through poverty. So this goes beyond just County races. It also goes, uh, into the Indiana house races. It goes into, um, uh, you know, the, the governor's race, it goes into the Indiana AG race, but people are struggling. Uh, a lot of people uh, lost their jobs during this COVID thing with no with no true plan in place of uh, of, of how do we deal with that? You know, how do we deal with a, uh, uh, um, a shutdown that wasn't caused by a, you know, you know, the government decided to, to put this into play. This sure. wasn't an economic event. And I think that the uh, you know, I think the local government has become out of touch maybe with uh, with citizens of the county because there are a lot of people out there struggling, you know, uh, what about the people who still have to work, but you know, education was also used as a form of childcare. Um, so now they have to find new avenues, uh, for who can watch their children. There's a lot of challenges and I, I don't, I hadn't seen them addressed appropriately, but as you know, as far back to fundraising, as far as it goes, uh, anybody can give us money. If, if, you know, if you're, if you're behind, uh, if you're behind our ideas, and if you are behind what we're trying to do to bring about some change in the county, um, please, you know, get on our Facebook page, donate, mail what, it into the party. Donate. What
2: is your Facebook page, if, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, so
1: our, our public page is Progress for Randolph County, com slash progress, the numerical for Randolph
2: Fantastic. I'll put that in the summary of this episode. Now, moving on, besides being the Democrat Party chairman, you're also a candidate for Randolph County Commissioner. Talk about the decision to run.
1: Well, I didn't want to run. (laughs) Um, And I asked a lot of people in the Eastern District, too. I, I asked a lot of people. I just had to step up. Sure. And the reason I had to step up is because there are some things that concern me. It concerns me that uh, commissioner meetings have been moved to morning time very uh, early during the work week. That concerns yes. me. Um, that, that is uh, suppression on uh, public engagement.
2: Absolutely. No question. No question. It,
1: you know, it concerns me that property taxes have risen by so much comparative to other similar counties, whether it be population or, you know, total combined, you know, county product or, or what have you um we're a lot higher you know uh and people i talk to have had you know a set just assessments of properties that haven't changed that you know um there has been no construction improvements made that have you know skyrocketed right um and, you know and and furthermore uh, i think we need to get back to basics i think we need to figure out a way to get more industry here we have the workers Sure. Union City used to be a labor powerhouse. Right. You know, a, a manufacturing powerhouse. We have the workers, the work, you know, people want to work. Yeah. We just have to, I, I want to figure out a way to get the jobs here. Um, and then I want to tackle um, possibly some election reform. Uh, possibly look at you know, and I'm not saying that I'm 100% for it, but I think the research should be done that in our local and municipal elections, maybe ranked choice voting or or methods similar to that could be discussed. Sure. Um, I want to have a discussion. With the public and I want to get the public more involved so that we can make better decisions for everybody in the county and not just for a select few of individuals.
2: Sure. Very good. Let me ask you what your thought is. You, you mentioned one of my big issues is the time of the commissioner's meetings. Let me ask you, are you a proponent of live streaming the meetings?
1: Absolutely, I think that the uh, the county the county website, the county Facebook page, everything should be maintained of an even higher importance than that of releasing um, physical copies of minutes, et cetera. Yeah, right. And the reason the reason I think that is because the public's online. Right. Everybody everybody's online and we need to have accurate information. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all for live streaming, uh, you know, public meetings like why, why wouldn't you? You get right. more involvement. It's something I've mentioned in the past. And a lot of people know that I, I'm for government transparency. Yeah. You know, you can be transparent in government without, go. you know, without having to go fully into someone's public lives. You sure. know, we're not we're not running for president. Um, uh, you know, we're running for county local government or city local government. And uh, but I just want transparency in terms not as the I mean, the individual people would be good, too. But as a as a government body, so the public knows what's going on. You know, here's what we tried this week. We you know, we spent you know, this is an example. uh, You know, we traveled to uh, Portland, Oregon and met with a tech company and it cost the, the you know, it cost the county. 2500 dollars for us to do this trip, but guess what? We're of the final two of their locations to build their new factory. Sure, you know it's gonna. It's things like that. I want people to get excited about the work that the government's doing and not get turned off by it.
2: Well, you know, and it just, it seems like there's always an excuse for something. And I I used to fight it with the city, with the city government, and everyone's like, well, you got to spend money and you got to update things. Okay, I, I understand if you, you know, like the city of Muncie has a very very high-tech camera system put in place, and it makes multiple cuts. And yeah, I get it. You might not have that money to budget it in for Winchester or for Randolph County at the moment, but you could honestly go buy a tablet and set it up on the county or the city's Facebook page. You don't have to have a server to store it. You don't have to have, and I've heard the excuses, well, we don't own it. Facebook owns it. Or what if it's edited? Here's the deal. Everything past what the Indiana Public Access Counselor requ- determines is icing on the cake. So you have to keep minutes. You don't have to video it. So who cares what someone does? As long as you keep the minutes that you have to, by law, and then you you have that video, and it doesn't have to be the best Quality camera. It doesn't have to be the best quality sound. It just has to be there so citizens can engage. What about the people who work during the day? Or if you have it in the evening, there are people who work second shift. There are people who work third shift. There are single parents. There are people who will watch it on Facebook. They might watch it a week from now. But they sure. will watch it. They can be engaged, and, and it is a way f- to connect your community. And it's it's asinine that there's any argument against it. And that just I, I assume we hadn't talked about that. I assumed you would be for it because nobody in their right mind is, would be against it.
1: Sure, and you know I'm going to hit on a couple points. It's fu- you know we, we talk about just live streaming uh, the meetings, but it, it gets much larger than that because you talked about a waste of money. Well, let's let's talk about county spending for just a just a minute sure you know and i want to make sure that everybody understands that is listening to this please go and fact check me and if i'm wrong i would like to know that i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that what i'm about to say is accurate okay so we have a new county barn and a new communications tower right and so you have first off the county barn was built by a non-randolph county contractor yeah plenty of contractors in randolph County. plenty of contractors i know that would have loved to have that 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 job OK, so as a county commissioner, I would try to find some way, you know, I'd try to find, come up with some plan to give contract priority to Randolph County businesses first and then move on from there. Um, I'd like to find some way to, that any new county jobs or projects could have hiring priority uh, for Randolph County residents. That's something I want to work on. But, you know, you look at the county barn and communications tower and, you know, if I'm not mistaken, they chose the most expensive uh, contract for the county barn. And now with those two things together, we got, you know, over nine million dollars in it. Um, You know, so you talk about a waste of money, but then at the same time, you go to the courthouse on Election Day. And I didn't know this, but then you find out that the courthouse does not have public access to Wi-Fi. Yeah. A, a courthouse. Yes. So I'm thinking. Well, what if I was there for a court case and I needed to pull up a document or something, and now the court has to wait, or we have to recess and and come back for another day. Yeah. You know. So you, you talk about waste of money, but it's not a waste of money. I, my family. You know, if I, if I make less than I make less than fifty grand a year, and if I can buy a GoPro. And find some software to do little live streams for party business. I'm sure that the government body of our county can allocate a few hundred dollars <laughs> to buy the equipment necessary to live stream meetings, and that they can pay a county employee a couple hours a week to, to stream that. And it doesn't have to be super fancy, I right. you know. But uh, the county's had a $25 million reduction in, in net assessed values. We're using, you know, and please fact check this, but we're using wind farm money um, for holes within our county budget. Um, It's not used for the infrastructure. The roads are still terrible, you know, and something else that I found when I was doing research. Did you know Indiana has over uh, 11,500 miles of roads in poor condition? Okay, and so that has devastating impacts uh, on transportation costs. It, it, you know, U.S. Department of Transportation did a study in 2017 where they found that be, if, a, if a rural community has terrible roads, that it costs on average $480 per motorist per year because of additional fixes. So that's an extra 500. That's what county residents need to be thinking about. The, the roads are costing an extra $500 per person per year, okay? On average. And so I want to get in and fix, the, as a commissioner, I want to get in and fix the infrastructure problems, fix our roads. You know, I want to hold tax abatement companies uh, responsible that because of their business damage the roads um, and, and actually do what we say we want to do and not mix stuff around. Once we say something and, I, and I'm not accusing anybody, I, I just see it a lot, you know, you know, with TIF districts. I don't believe in TIF districts, and that that's a whole other conversation for another day. Sure. But uh, as commissioner, um, I, I'm not saying that I would be for the abolishment of TIF districts, but I think we need to have a serious look on how diff, TIF districts are used, um, who gets the authority over that money and how to use that money, um, and uh, you know whether or not they're appropriate for certain functions.
2: Absolutely. We're coming up here close to time. Is there anything that we haven't discussed or anything that you would like to get out?
1: Yes, I do. I, I want to tell all Randolph County voters, Republican, Democrat, independent, turn off the national news for just one weekend. <laughs> Come out to a local event. I want you to reexamine your local. This, this goes out to primarily conservative Republican voters. I want you to re-examine your local Democratic Party, actually see, you know, which which of your neighbors are a Democrat, which of your friends are a Democrat. I want you to talk to Democrats and not just dismiss them because of a, a news story or because of a, an opinion piece. I want you to find out who these people are. And, and because, you know, we're all around, there's so much so many more Democrats in this county than I ever would have thought. Um, most of the calls I get from new voters, I didn't even know there was a Democratic Party in Randolph County. I texted God. a friend today and said, you know, um, I want you involved with the party. And he texted back, you know, ha Imagine that a Democratic Party in Randolph County. <laughs> it, it already exists. It's here. We're making changes uh, and, and not not necessarily changes, but we're, we're making um, progress you know, I want to put that into people's heads. If you, if you want to choice this election for progress, um, I believe that every democratic candidate on the local ballot will bring that progress uh, that we need. Um, You don't have to be a Democrat to donate to the Randolph County Democratic Party. You don't have to vote Democrat to donate to the Randolph County Democratic Party. If you've never voted before, um, and you like just one candidate. You're allowed to come out and vote for just one candidate. You know, you don't have to vote for everybody. Um, and, and of course, I'm always free to take calls. Um, if, and we have a uh, dude. And that's another thing I'm talking about. Just the involvement uh, in kind donations, monetary donations we got we had. Um, uh, some voters, some Democrats donate a a party phone. So now the party has an official cell phone that uh, we can use to to contact voters and and for party business. Oh wow! Um, but if you want change, you know, look at our candidates, and if you like what you see, support our candidates. You sure. know, support our support our candidates vocally uh support our candidates publicly you don't have to put a biden sign in your yard to have a Bart teeter sign in your yard right you know i'm not requiring that of voters um but what i am requiring is just listen to me give me a chance give the party a chance um so that we can actually make some change and some difference at the local level because at the end of the day you know no matter at the very least on the local level what do you have to lose the Republicans have been in power for decades. Yeah. What do you, you, know, what do you have to lose? You know, give it a chance. Open, open your eyes, open your mind a little bit, uh, and let's all come together as citizens and fight for a better life.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, very good. Well, I want to tell you, you are welcome back here anytime, and I definitely like to touch base with you further along this election cycle. If there's anything that I can do to help get your your word out, when is your
1: dinner? Tell say okay, when the dinner is so again. The ninety uh, fifth annual Wilson dinner. Woodrow Wilson Dinner will be in Union City at Harder Park on July 25th. We are going to have family time from 1 to 4. We'll have a bouncy castle there for kids uh, so that adults can meet the candidates. We will have people um, to watch and babysit kids the entire event Um, from 4 to 5. We're going to have a social hour. You know, maybe a few drinks. The Democratic candidates will be there, and some Democratic speakers. At five, we'll be eating dinner, which is barbecue this year. It's going to be in an open pavilion at Harder Park. I want to get Union City residents excited about their local politics again. I want to give them an option for hope and optimism. At six o'clock, the speakers will speak. After we eat, and it'll be a good event to come out and meet people in the community. And even if you're not a Democrat and you want to show up, and you know and hear what the candidates have to say I'm, I'm fine with that too. You can buy your tickets online or you can contact me It is $15 per plate uh, if you purchase ahead of time. If you purchase the day of it's $20 per plate. But we also have options for VIP seating that you can speak with the speakers There'll be a lot of other things going on there too
2: Sounds like an absolutely fantastic time. Mr. Barton Teeters Democrat Party Chairman of Randolph County and Candidate for Randolph County Commissioner Thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me on yeah um and I, I hope i've given some hope and some choice to people in the county uh and i say just you know look at the republicans have not done for the county and think about giving some new some new blood some new candidates uh, a, as a choice
2: very good ladies and gentlemen please put your hands together for mr barton teeters democrat party chairman for randolph county indiana this is episode 114 of perception is reality we'll be right back
0: Perception perception is reality reality
2: perception is reality, reality. COVID-19, murder hornets, earthquakes, volcanoes, the world must truly be ending. We spoke to the Democrat Party Chairman of Randolph County. I want to thank Mr. Barton Teeters for appearing on the show. I want to ask you to share the show with everyone you know. We can be found on all major podcast hosting sites, but the easiest way is simply by searching Bilbrey Podcast. Until next time, be sure to stay active, stay involved, stay safe, and God bless. I'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. And Shen you're next on the interview block buddy oh yeah
0: You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher
1: H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.